GM, GM, welcome to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. Don't get caught in the hype cycle. I'm Jay Bird, joined by my co-host, Kyle Reedhead, and we believe that NFT loyalty programs are going to change the world. That's why we're carving a path for doers to confidently build and invest in Web3. Jay, we've got a great show today. So much news. Last week, I felt like we didn't have a ton. This week, it's just been nonstop since the Labor Day weekend in the U.S. Visa has announced a partnership with Solana. MakerDAO also talking about potentially moving to Solana. So we'll, we'll break down what's going on there. Artifact has a really, really cool new launch with their crypto kick. So we'll break all that down. Ether ETF, spot ETF was just filed yesterday. So this is huge. We've got hacks going on as per usual. We'll talk about one there. Loyalty programs, as you mentioned, airlines are moving into the NFT loyalty program space. So of course, we will break that down. I feel like I'm missing some. Oh, Justin Bieber, get into Web3, doing some royalty stuff with his songs. Lots going on, and we are going to break it all down just for you, all of you listeners. You're going to get it all. Big week. We had an abundance of news before hitting record today. To, we had to decide what to remove. There was so much. Take a moment to share some gratitude. Kai, I'll jump in first here because mine is very top of mind. It was uh, my anniversary with Sam earlier this week, and I am grateful for her. I'm grateful that she makes us celebrate these things. That's the main thing that I think I'm grateful for. I mean, I could grateful for incredible wife, incredible relationship we have. Uh, incredible family that we're building, but she loves celebrating. So she's always like Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries, Valentine's Day, like things that I think maybe as a man, I have like a little less interest in celebrating. And it's easy for me to be like, yeah, it's cool. Like, great. You know, happy Valentine's Day. Okay, see you later. I got to go to work and be productive. And she's like, no, like this is important to celebrate. This is our anniversary. And so she actually wrote me a love letter I did not write her a love letter. And then a few days later, I wrote her a love letter because I was like, oh shit, I should have done this too. And I dated the love letter the same date as if I had written it as the same date as her. So uh, she let me get away with one there. That's amazing. We were all grateful for Sam. Happy anniversary. That's amazing, man. I am grateful for a few things. So we'll start off grateful for our team because I'm actually taking the next two weeks off. And, what are you uh, going to do? <laughs> I haven't taken two weeks off. I don't know if I've ever taken two weeks off, actually, two weeks straight. We did one week off earlier this year, which is, I think, the first time I've ever done that. Now i got two weeks. The reason I'm doing it is, one, I'm going to Austin for Permissionless, so I'm grateful to attend another Web3 conference. Permissionless I went to last year, such a good time. Amazing speakers, amazing community there. So super excited for the opportunity to go to that. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then I'm actually going to Portugal, to the Azores, with my girlfriend and her family, so very, for her mom's birthday. So very grateful for that. I've been to Azores before as well. It's an amazing, beautiful island. So can't wait to do that. And then just grateful for my team for and Jay for enabling me to, to you know, take two weeks off and still let things motor and continue on. I know we've got some a bunch of guests coming on for the next two weeks for the podcast, Jeff, T-Pan, and a few others. So grateful for all of them. A lot of gratitude going around today. I love it, man. I'm excited for you to take a vacay. We got a big announcement before we jump into the news. We have relaunched the Web3 Rabbit Hole course. The Web3 Rabbit Hole course 2.0 is here. And I would say this is probably one of our most important resources and one of the best things that we have put out 
for the community because A, this is a free course, everybody. Anybody can take this. And whether you're a beginner, whether you're an experienced expert who's been in Web3 for a while, there is foundational components to every technology shift that is that happens. And we are in that stage with blockchain where it's so important to remember these foundational components, to understand the core concepts that really enable you to invest in Web3, that enable you to build in Web3. And that's what this course is all about. Also, I got to give a shout out to Kai. He put a lot of effort, time and effort into the course. TGAL as well. A couple other guys on our team who really made this course just so incredible. And here's the cool thing. Not only is it a free course, when you complete the course, you get a proof of certification NFT. So you can start to build your on-chain resume, prove that you have taken this course and that you are knowledgeable in blockchain. And I'll tell you what, we got a special surprise for everybody. So if you take the course within the next week, by September 12th, if you get that NFT, so you take the course, it doesn't take you very long. It'll only take you about, I think it's less a, an hour. It's less than an hour. I was going to say a few hours. And at the end, mint that NFT. And if you get that NFT, then you can enter into a raffle to win one person will win our investment masterclass, which is valued at $249. Second prize is one year of Web3 Academy Pro, which is valued at $180. And third prize is one month of Web3 Academy Pro, which is valued at $18. So get jump in now, sign up. Link is in the show notes and take the course. Don't do it necessarily for the raffle, but then bonus, take it in the next week and jump into this raffle and you could win. Even if you've already taken the Rebel course from, let's say, a year ago or something, I'd recommend you retake this one because it is is very different. This has came from the last year I've gone to different conferences and I've spoken at them. And so I've created slides, created presentations, trying to figure out the best way to explain Web3 in a simple way, make sure people understand the ethos of it, the real concepts. And so you can really understand what's the real technologies and what are the shit that happens in this space. And so it does a really good job of that. And I've done it in different presentations all around the world. And so I've turned that basically into the Rebel course plus more. And so check that out. If you've already taken it, you can take it again. If you already have the old one, you can actually go to this one and mint the new one. It's actually a new contract, new picture, new everything. And that would get you into the raffle. So make sure to check that out. It's gonna be really cool. And again, it's free. So share it with friends, family, whatever. If you want anyone to understand Web3, this is the course for you. The link is in the show notes below. Giddy up. Let's jump into some market watch. Kai... Give us the lowdown. What's going on in the markets? Yeah, it's a uh, flat, flat days right now. Yeah, not much is going on in the markets. I mean, we'll start with the big news that came out. So yesterday, the Ether ETF, a spot ETF was filed by ARK. So 21 shares plus, I believe it was Vanek. And there's three of them out right now, spot um, Ether ETFs. So we still haven't had the decision on the Ether futures ETF, though that comes in October. But we now have Ether spot ETFs. And so there's a timeline that the SEC has to approve on that as well, just like we have with Bitcoin, et cetera. The Bitcoin ones were delayed last week, which we figured would happen. And we said that in, in last week's podcast as well. Um, so they're delayed until I think it's October or November. I can't remember. I don't have the numbers up now. October. October. Yeah. So potential for a lot of things to happen in October. These ones, obviously, it's early on, so I don't expect the first round to get approved either, but let's see. Who knows? But there's already three that are out there. Grayscales, I'm sure, is going to come soon. The idea to switch ETH into an ETF, so their trust. 
Sola's coming. And the interesting thing when we're talking markets here is that news came out and nothing happened. ETH did not move one bit, which is crazy. But that just shows you that we're in this like lull right now where markets are dead. There's not a lot of liquidity, not much happening. We're just kind of stuck ranging in this 1600 range for ETH and like 25 to 26,000 for, for Bitcoin. And so we're sort of in that weird phase. We said that this would happen in, in summer. We just got through Labor Day weekend where kids finally go back. So people are coming back to work. And so I expect volatility to come soon, whether that's upside to the downside, I don't know. But things will start happening now. The fireworks will begin. Let's hope it's to the upside. We're in a weird spot in markets at the moment. Like sentiment is absolutely terrible. If you're on Twitter, everyone's yelling at each other again. People are like causing a scene. Solana's fighting the Polygon people. Polygon's fighting the Solana people. Like when good news happens, like Solana gets this, you know, partnership with Visa, which we'll talk about, and does the price does not move one bit. And then Polygon people are yelling at Solana people. It's like, what is wrong with everybody? Just relax, you know? It's insane. But anyway, so sentiment sucks. The reason sentiment sucks is August was the worst month for crypto this year in 2023. And September has not started out any better. And so people are just, you know, angry. And I think just bored is really what it is. When you have these investments in, they usually go up or down like crazy. and They're just doing nothing. People are bored. And then the other part of it, I mean, equities also have had a rough month. So it's market wide at the, at the moment. And, you know, so what's going on here? Why are we in this phase? Well, we're in this weird phase of macro where people just don't know what the hell to think at the moment. We've kind of been there for a while, but like inflation has gone from the January to, you know, last month has gone from whatever it was, seven, eight percent down to almost, you know, three percent. So like it's been flying down. So that's been good news, right? Now we're sort of in this phase where inflation is, you know, not really going down like by one percent per month like it was. We're kind of unsure. It's sort of just like stuck at this spot is what we think when the, the results will come out next week, which is, I mean, look, this stuff's normal. It's not going to just go from 7% to zero in like seven months, right? There's going to be some lull periods, but people think, oh my God, we're in a lull. It's not going down by 1%. It's going to go back up to seven, which is insane to think, but that's what people are thinking right now. So that looks like bad news, but then you've got unemployment, which is rising, which as much as that sucks for the economy and those who are losing their jobs, it means good things for potential interest rate movements and printing of money. And so like, there's just mixed signals in the markets everywhere. You've got problems with China and their economy, which is you know scary and bad news, but also probably means that they're going to print money. Japan just said a stimulus package is coming in October. So there's just mi mixed signals everywhere. And so no one knows what to do. And so capital is just not moving. There's not a lot of liquidity. And so we just got to wait. I mean, the thing is, as we've been saying for forever, is the end result is always going to be interest rates need to go down and money needs to be printed. This is the only way that our economies work in this fiat driven world. And so it will happen. Does it happen tomorrow? Does it happen next month? Does it happen in three months? Don't know. But these cycles are the same. They've happened since 2008 and they will continue. But people just get confused because they don't really realize that yet. So the plan doesn't change. We continue on as normal. And if you're a pro subscriber, we actually sent out a pro report this week on how we know the next cycle is actually coming. And so I walk you through a little bit of, of numbers and pricing and then just looks at some on-chain stuff to kind of see like this year has actually been a really big year for on-chain activity and on-chain growth. And so that's what tells us that we are going to have a next cycle in crypto because it's things are heating up all over the place. So check out that pro report. It's really, really good. And we'll give you a good insight on where things are at. But otherwise just another slow week in markets and expect that probably for a little bit longer. But at some point soon, some volatility will come. And um, my guess is it's going to be to the upside. But hey, who knows? 
Short term, it's impossible to guess. I think the best thing you said is to stick stick to the plan, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you've been listening to us for a while, you know the plan that we talk about, which is investing in the base layer of blockchains, the layer ones, the layer twos that we believe and have the conviction that are going to rise because all the apps and all the, everything that's being built in blockchain is being built on them and we're in them for the long term. If anything, buy low. Now is a great buy opportunity. <laughs> Beautiful times. And especially if, if it does volatility goes to the downside, like you're just getting some of the best opportunities. This pro report explains why right now is the best opportunities. And really it's just, if we look at cycles, you know, it, this all is the same. We've had this happen many, many times. And so if you're aware of those things, then you know that these are the times you should be buying, not selling and not being scared or anything like that. Let's wrap up there. We'll have more on Market Watch, of course, in coming weeks. Um, but until then, let's get into some of this news. But first, let's take a quick second to hear from our sponsor. Modern newsletters are built on Paragraph. That's right. Paragraph is a brand new newsletter platform that combines the best parts of Web 2 and Web 3 to supercharge newsletters for both writers and readers. Build a community, not just an audience. Paragraph uses blockchain tech to allow readers to collect and own the words that matter to them. This takes reading a newsletter to the next level. With Paragraph, readers can mint, collect, and show off quotes from their favorite newsletters. This opens new possibilities like creators sharing revenue with fans. I also love their new feature, Paragraph AI. This integrates GPT-4 natively in Paragraph to create, edit, and improve your writing effortlessly with one click. And guess what? We at Web3 Academy are on board and have already moved our content over to Paragraph. We believe this is the future of newsletters because of the profound engagement it creates between creators and fans. So whether you're a creator, writer, or an avid reader, it's time to check out Paragraph and capitalize on the opportunity of being early. All right, we are back and it's time to talk about the news. The big news I think coming out of this last week was Visa, one of the biggest companies in the world, especially in the finance world, has announced that they are continuing their endeavors into the crypto world. They have been settling transactions on Ethereum for a number of years now. I think since 2021, they've had a a test going on with USDC on Ethereum with crypto.com and their like debit credit card type thing. And so they've been settling transactions using USDC and they've just been kind of playing around with that in Australia specifically. Visa has been a doing a lot in the crypto space in terms of like research and trying to actually innovate in the space, which is really cool. But just the other day, they announced that they are continuing this testing in the crypto space, in blockchain, and they are now going to be settling transactions with pilots with WorldPay. And is it Nuvi? I believe it's called Nuvi. And they're going to do this with USDC on top of the Solana blockchain. So now they're trying a different chain and they're going to see what how that all works and kind of build that out. Now, this doesn't change anything for a user. So this isn't really a big deal for like as a user. As a like a user in most parts of the world who have, you know, Visa and MasterCard, like payments are solved. It's not an issue. It's like You don't get any easier than just like tapping something and boom, your payment's made and it happens immediately. Where the problem occurs for payments is for merchants, right? Merchants and just like settling those payments. So what Visa has to do. So Visa is this like network of infrastructure behind the scenes that's taking that money from your bank or from the the credit and taking it over to the merchant. And there's a lot of things that have to happen, especially when it's cross-border, cross-currency, et cetera, et cetera. And so... There's a lot of fees associated with this for merchants, number one, 
to use Visa and accept payments of Visa, and then also for Visa to do this. That's why they charge an extra, you know, couple percent on all transactions. And so what this does is it allows for immediate settlement and it's much easier to take payment from one place to the next when it's on blockchain rails. If you're unsure of stablecoins and how they work, check out our podcast, Jay's and I podcast from Tuesday. We dove really, really deep into this and give a lot of explanations on that. So it should be very useful for you. But basically, this is a big deal for one visa to make their costs go lower and two for merchants, which is a really, really big deal. And so really, really cool. It's great to see them, you know, continuing to one of the biggest companies in the world, continuing to experiment on in, in blockchain, this time on Solana, which is exciting. Congrats to Solana for building tech. That's good enough that, you know, a company of this size wants to play around with it and use it. So really, really cool and exciting to see kind of where this where this goes. Hopefully they can start to bring this more to the masses, but I don't know how long that's going to take. They've been already testing on Ethereum for two years. And so they're still just in the pilot phase, but yeah, one step closer to mainstream adoption for, for stable coins. Yeah. I think that I just want to double click on the impact here being on merchants, because I think that one thing that people don't realize is just think about how this works under the hood is you go to a store, you buy something, you buy a t-shirt, you click, you tap your visa, right? Money has to now go from visa's bank to the merchant's bank, right? And that, that process takes days, right? Mm -hmm. It's not instant. Add in like a holiday, add in, you know, something, some slowdown with the bank, right? Whereas with USDC, that's an instant transaction. 24-7, you know, no more banking hours, no more holidays, like instantly into, and it also is less fees. Whether those, uh, what is interesting to me is, will Visa take that, like that bump in fees? Will they just take that or will they pass along to the merchant? I'm not sure. I think that's such a big deal here. And the other thing to mention quickly is that WorldPay and Nuve or Nuvi, I'm not exactly sure. Kai, I don't know. I don't know how you say that brand. Why do people name things weird like this? N-U-V-E-I. How do you say well, that? Probably just, um, I don't think it's weird. It's just probably not an English company is my guess. Maybe fair, it's Latin fair. or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a basic white boy picture over here. Um, so they both together represent $4.6 billion in merchant revenue. So that's a big number that they can now bring using move over to USDC, which again, faster transactions, lower fees. Right. And this will come in a way where like the users don't need a, a wallet or something. Like they'll just use stable coins in the background. So like just mm -hmm. look credit card. And so it doesn't change anything for the user, but it makes everything in the background much, much better. And it, obviously Solana is very fast, quick settlement, very, very, very cheap. So it could be a big deal. As a result of Solana having that incredible technology, very fast, very cheap, et cetera. And as I've stated previously, I'm very bullish on Solana. I think what they're building is really good. They are not as far along as Ethereum in terms of like their sustainability and their tokenomics. It's like they haven't figured that part out yet in terms of the security. But I think the tech that they've created is really, really good and an advancement in blockchain. Visa obviously sees that, but not just Visa. So does MakerDAO. So for those that are not aware, MakerDAO is the creators of DAI, which is another stable coin. And they are the one of the first apps to ever be built on Ethereum. And basically they allow you to put ETH or, and other assets up for collateral. And then they give you DAI as a loan. And then you can go use that DAI in whatever means that you'd like. And then there's you just pay like a 
you know, certain interest rate to, to take out that loan. Same as how it works on a bank, but you can do this all on chain permissionlessly. An unbelievable feat, an unbelievable like product. They've been around for forever and have, you know, tons of revenues, tons of like billions of dollars in TVL. So probably the biggest blue chip application that's ever been built on Ethereum. Well, interestingly, the founder of MakerDAO has proposed, this isn't like a thing that he can do because MakerDAO is a DAO. So there's lots of companies that kind of control and, and govern the progress of this application. But Rune Christensen, who's just an OG in this space, has basically come out saying the DAO itself is forming this like sort of multi-token DAO where there's going to be different segments of this DAO that are all governed by different tokens. And that's going to allow them to be more decentralized, to make you know smarter decisions, et cetera. And that's going to take a lot of transactions to do that. It's going to be hard to do that on top of Ethereum. And so they need a more faster blockchain in order to do this governance on. And so he's proposed that we that they do this on, not on Solana, but fork Solana's chain and have their own chain called New Chain. And they want to do this there. So MakerDAO stays on Ethereum. The assets stay on Ethereum. But the, the governance, essentially, this whole new governance structure they're creating would go on this new chain that would be Solana Tech. As a result of him announcing that, people decided to go nuts and yell at the greatest developers in Web3 and say that he's an idiot because he wants to go fork Solana's chain and he's not using Ethereum or an L2. Well, you know what, people? Everyone on Twitter that's screaming at Rune for this, have you ever built a product like MakerDAO? Have you ever built any product? I haven't. And so I don't think that I can go and tell Rune what to do and what's a good idea. Like I said, Solana, I think is great technology. And if it's what allows them to have the governance that they need with the speed they need and the cheapness they need, then like, absolutely do it. You don't need 100% decentralization and the best security in the world for a little bit of governance, right? Now for billions and billions and billions of dollars of TVL for their product, okay, maybe that needs to remain on Ethereum, which it is, but for something different, maybe you can move that. And so Rune tweeted out there what Jay just had up on the screen and just says, you know, Look, guys, Ethereum is great. Solana is great. Cosmos is great. They're all great, but they all have different purposes and different use cases. And so one, people need to chill the hell out. Let the innovators innovate. Let the builders build. And let's continue to experiment and see what happens. But again, big news for Solana. They're obviously building something really good over there. They've got an amazing developer team and community, and they've got a lot of things going on. So that's exciting. And I, I think we want our innovators like Rune to continue to experiment across the ecosystem. And that's good. We need to grow the whole pie, not try to steal market share, not try to steal pieces of the pie from each other because we're still so small. Um, and then the other thing I just think, just to give people a little bit of like advice on this stuff is we can't be getting so tribal on a chain. The way that this is going is it's modular, right? So we already have things that are on optimism, let's say that sell on Ethereum. That's two different chains. Well, it's going to get even more than that. And outside of just the Ethereum world. So for example, at some point, we may have apps that are on top of Solana that use the data availability layer of Celestia that settle their, you know, their final values on Ethereum, for example. So that's three different chains. What chain is that on? Who wins on that in that scenario, right? We all do. And because there's just some blockchains that provide different products for different reasons. Some is for data. Some is for settling transactions in a decentralized way. Some is for executing transactions in a very fast way. And we can use all the layers and combine it all to have the most optimized experience of the most optimized tech stack for our apps. And that's a good thing. We don't need to be tribal and like have it all on one side. That's not how it works. 
We will use Layer 2s. We will use Solana. We will use other chains that come out. And it's all good. It's just a technology stack. We don't need to get all crazy about it. So anyway, congrats to the MakerDAO community for you know putting this proposal out. Who knows if it happens? It's years and years out from now. So like we don't even know if this will be the case. But as a result of this, what happened was Vitalik Buterin also came out and said that he's, uh, well, he sold, what was it? Like he didn't, so $600,000 of maker tokens. He didn't announce it. He just did it. And right. obviously so many people follow his wallets. And then that ended up probably being the bigger headline here was Vita- Vitalik sells maker tokens because they're moving to Solana. And everybody thought that that Maker was moving Dai to Solana, which they're not, as you said. Dai stays on ETH. And even Rune, the co-founder who has made this proposal, he even said EVM is still the most important when it comes to building stuff for users, since that's where the users are. But for specialized backend for Maker-specific needs, it is not ideal. And solutions like Solana are a better fit. Mm, absolutely. By the way, Jay, I realized that you were supposed to explain. Yeah, I definitely. Like, no, I'm just so chilling, man. I <laughs> thought I was going to take that story, but you did a great job, dude. <laughs> I didn't realize until the end. I was like, oh, it's just yeah. feeling the blow. Yeah, a couple, couple more things I just want to add here is I really want to make sure that people understand that one of the reasons why is Solana a better fit? Okay, two main reasons. One is the code base fits the needs of the MakerDAO ecosystem for governance and just the way their tokenomics and distribution of their tokens is going to work in this new setup where they're moving from like one DAO to multiple sub DAOs. So Solana's code base is better for that. And the second reason is if a hack happens, if something goes wrong, then what they can do is they can fork Solana and basically remove the hack and start again by going back to like a few days before the hack. And that's a key reason that Rune talked about, that security or safety is really important to them. Now, there that led to a big argument of like whether you can do that on layer twos or not, and I'm not going to get into that. But I think the point is they had reason for a specific use case to go to Solana. And I think that's what, you know, I know that you're invested in certain blockchains and you're going to root for those and you're going to yell at the other ones, but don't like, don't be a Bitcoin maxi who's just like angry at everyone that's not Bitcoin. Like wag me, everybody. We're all going to make it because blockchain is going to be as big as the internet and it's going to have over 4 billion users on it one day. And when there's 4 billion people, we're going to need a a lot of chains to satisfy all of those needs. Right, right. And, and for those that are new that don't know what MakerDAO is, if you have not, like, if you are interested in DAOs and how DAOs are set up, MakerDAO is this incredible thing where they've got literally companies, like financial companies, that are all part of this DAO, like institutions that all help to make decisions. It's one of the greatest DAOs that exist. I'd highly recommend you go and like do some research on it if you want to learn more about DAOs because it's it's very complex, but it's really really cool. Um, it's kind of in the weeds and the details, but if you care, go check it out. It is pretty cool. Through all of this, Solana hit an all-time low. Bullish on Solana. I agree with Kai. Solana's a great chain. Really, really bullish. But I, we can't not bring up the news that they hit an all-time two-year low in active addresses 
at the same time that all this visa announcement is coming out, the MakerDAO announcement is coming out. Look, I don't think this means anything. Like everybody's at lows right now. There's not a lot of activity happening on chain. All the speculation is gone. And I think there was a lot of speculators in Solana's ecosystem the way there was a lot of speculators in all the major chains. And those have just gotten washed out. So don't, if you saw this news that they were at an all-time low, don't read too much into it. Yeah, I mean, look, this is what bear markets are all about. The users leave, right? The tourists all leave, but we keep building and you get things like Visa and you know all the things that we've been talking about over the last year that have been being built and are live on top of blockchains, but the users just don't quite know it yet because they're waiting for some prices to go up so before they start to come back in. So this is normal and it's not a big deal that you know the users are, are lower right now. It's just, it's fine. All right, let's move over to one of the greatest partnerships or what's, I'm not sure what the word is. What are the greatest connections in Web3, which is shoes and blockchain. We just, we love this connection. We the talk about it so much. And Artifact, which is one of the leading NFT businesses that has multiple collections and was purchased by Nike a few years ago for a billion dollars, has, is launching. This week, they're shipping their crypto kicks. So what are crypto kicks? Crypto kicks are physical shoes based on an NFT. So they sold the NFT. There was just below 6,000 of them. And these, if you had this NFT, you could redeem the physical shoes and they start shipping this week. Now the tech in these shoes is incredible. This is futuristic stuff. So these shoes have auto lacing. They have haptic feedback, gesture control, walk detection, app connectivity, AI and ML algorithms, and a wireless charging power deck. If you don't know what all that means, I'm going to break it down for you here. So first, when you get these shoes, you will want to download the app. And this app came out a few weeks ago, but there's been no reason to download it because no one actually has the physical shoes yet. And actually, T-Pan, good friend of the show, is coming on the show in a few weeks. He's getting a pair of these shoes. So he's going to come on the show and we're going to talk with him nice. about them and see them in, you know, in live on the show. But you download the app, you connect your wallet, you pair the app with these shoes. Okay, then what you can do is you can adjust the fit of these shoes because these shoes are auto lacing. So what that means is they are they don't have laces on them that you can tie up. It looks more like snowboard boot laces, like thin wire. And when you step into the shoe and it feels your weight, boom, the shoe laces up for you. And you can, within the app, decide what lacing fit you want. So you could be, I want action mode. I want walk mode. I want chill chill mode. I'm sitting in my house. I want gym mode. Whatever mode you want, you can do that in the app. And that's different lacing. You could also manually set up the lacing as well. And then all you got to do is you double tap the heel of the shoe on the other shoe and it unlaces the shoes. So really, really cool futuristic stuff. Now, obviously, auto lacing has nothing to do with blockchain. So you might be thinking, okay, well, where does the blockchain come in? And where it comes in is what is coming next, which is 
an upcoming feature is quests. And quests feels to us, and this is an upcoming feature, so we haven't seen it yet, but it feels like move to earn. And we've already talked a lot about, we've talked about Steppen in the podcast. We had Sweatcoin on the podcast, two apps that are really innovating and leading the move to earn space. And they both use either your watch or your phone to track your movement. Well, this is another level of move to earn where it's in your shoes. So now your movement is directly in your shoes, is going to an app where you're competing on quests of how much did you move in a certain day? How much did you run? And when you think about it, this all connects back to Nike. And what is Nike's whole mission and objective in the world is to get people out and to get you active and to get you moved. The more you active you are, the more you're likely you're to buy Nike. So just really, really exciting to see this a technology of a shoe that's going to connect to blockchain. As you do things in the shoe, you're probably going to get NFT rewards is the likely scenario of how Move to Earn will work. And then you can probably sell those NFTs or maybe you'll get fungible tokens. I'm not sure. Again, this is all speculation at this point, how these quests will work. But either way, it's going to involve blockchain, Move to Earn, and a physical shoe all together. Incredible. Yeah, they're doing some really cool things. I'll be honest, I don't love the auto lacing. I get it's cool, but like, <laughs> here's my problem with it. And this has nothing to do with blockchain or Web3 whatsoever. One of the best things you can do for longevity is movement, right? And so actually there's a new documentary on Netflix called, and it's about cent centenarians, right? That's so a blue zone documentary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the big thing is that these older people continue to move. They garden, whatever. And what that means is they're moving, up, they're getting up and down, right? They don't have furniture in their house. So they're always going down to the ground and then back up. In America, especially, but really in most developed parts of the world, we don't do that. We sit all day. We never have to get up and down. The one thing that makes us get up and down every single day is tying our shoes. So that's a really good thing for our health. And now we don't have to do that. <laughs> I'm like, shit, it's all done now. Well, I don't, anyway. I don't untied tie my shoes i just leave them laced up and then slip into them and i bet so, you have very tight hips don't you i have incredibly tight hips exactly it's a, it's so, a problem <laughs> you probably couldn't even sit on the ground if you tried me and dr ho have been addressing my <laughs> tight hips for decades kyle okay he's gonna be real pissed if you get laces that just tie themselves <laughs> anyway move kids that's my advice for today the other the other thing that i do i've brought up nike and their connection artifact but these shoes are artifact branded fully. There's no Nike right. branding, no Nike logos on them. And I think this is the clear model for you know, large enterprise businesses is if you want to experiment, experiment in new tech, one of the best ways to do it is just to buy a different brand, buy a company. Mm -hmm. Nike bought Artifact so that all their Web3 blockchain experimentation could happen in the Artifact brand. So there's much less risk at it impacting the Nike brand. If it works, you can guarantee we're going to see Nike auto lacing shoes and Nike move to earn in the next year or so. If it doesn't work, no hard feelings. And the move to earn can be really cool because right now the move to earns are just ERC-20s, which are kind of inflating tokens and it's tough to make that work. But if Nike comes into this and Artifact and Nike partner or Nike just takes this thing over, they can do so many things, right? Like with their store and all that kind of stuff. Like 
they could do some really cool quest type like rewards that are not just like money, not a token. And I think that could be, it could be pretty exciting. Kind of like a loyalty program, which I think you're going to talk about next. Yeah. Let's talk about UpTrip by Lustanza. So this is an NFT based loyalty program by one of the largest airlines in the world. Since soft launch in March, they've had over 20,000 users and 200,000 NFTs minted or trading cards is what they call them in the game. And let's just remember that Lufthansa, as one of the largest airlines in the world, also has one of the largest loyalty programs in the world. They have over 38 million members in their loyalty program called Miles and More, their existing Web2 loyalty program. So how does an NFT loyalty program works? Well, after your flight, you scan your boarding pass into the UpTrip app and it gives you an option of collectible cards. Each card is obviously an NFT and you get to pick which card you want to collect. So it's like a fun little game. You pick which card you want to collect. You get to pick two cards for every flight you take. And then what you do is you start to collect these cards and you combine these cards into sets. And when you complete a set, you get a reward, such as a voucher for a business lounge or free miles for their miles and more program or a bump in your frequent flyer status or a reward through a partner. And you can imagine that this is so, this is a different way to do loyalty than the current loyalty programs. Here's my issue with current loyalty programs. Two main issues I have. One is their closed ecosystems. So let's say you're gaining a bunch of rewards in a loyalty program and you don't really care about those rewards. Well, too bad. So sad. Can't do anything with it. This program is on blockchain tech with NFTs. So what does that mean? It means you have ownership of your NFTs, of your trading cards, and you can sell them if you want. So right now, there's already people selling these on secondary markets like OpenSea. Now, most people in this program right now, I think, are not there to sell these, but Lufthansa is currently building a marketplace. And you can imagine that you some people are going to collect these and they're going to be committed to completing a set. Well, you may, maybe you don't want to fly to New York to complete the set. So what do you do? You just go on a secondary, you buy it, and that might be worth it because you get whatever X reward you want. You can buy that completion. The other thing is I think that this is an amazing example of grabbing attention, which is really like the core objective of every business right now. We're in this attention economy. It's so important to keep attention on your brand and what was so the smartest thing that they did with this program is with currently with loyalty with airline rewards programs, you just get miles, right? So like you take a flight, you have no idea how many miles you're going to get, right? Like you know maybe you get a hundred, and it's always a random number. And I don't go to my you know loyalty rewards after the flight and like look at how many miles I got, right? It's just like every every time I go to book a flight, I'm like, oh, that's how many miles I have. Okay, I'm going to use redeem some. Right? right. But in this case, now what you're doing after the flight, you're going to their app, you're scanning your boarding pass, and you're collecting something that represents the flight that you just took. So now my attention comes back to your brand. 
and I get to collect something memorable, something fun. Like, I don't know about you, Kai. I actually collect my airline tickets. Like I have like a drawer that is full of, obviously now the airline tickets are mostly digital. I don't collect those, but my old like boarding passes, I have a drawer of them. We just took our first flight with Jack, my three-month-old son, and I kept his boarding pass for his first flight. Like that's fun. That's a memory that matters to me. Well, now with this program, you can do that same thing, which is, yeah, I just get so, I get so excited about this stuff. And speaking of attention, I think it's really cool that you could take a flight to New York. Let's say you had to do it for work or whatever. You have this now NFT that you've collected if you go and do it. And then when the marketplace is up and running, for example, all of a sudden you're just going to get an email being like, someone wants to buy this collect thing from you for 150 bucks. And you're like, what? Like you didn't, you know what I mean? Like you didn't do anything for that. And you either going to, if you happen to be a person that likes rewards, then you would try to collect and maybe you, you know, you win a trip or whatever. But if you don't, all of a sudden you get a message from, you know, the marketplace here saying that you can get 150 bucks. You're like sick. And now you come back to their site, you make your money and you're like, wow, that was dope. Next time I book a flight, I'm booking with them because I want that again. Right. It's a really, really smart idea where I think, like you said, it grabs a lot more attention than existing loyalty programs. So really cool. The thing I'm more excited for is when the tickets themselves of airlines are NFTs. That is going to be cool because the whole situation, this is true of airlines, hotels, et cetera. The whole situation of like, okay, you bought a flight, now you can't use it and you can't go and sell it is just a pain in the ass and the fees associated with that. And it's just like, it's so annoying. And so I think at some point when those are NFTs and there's a marketplace for that, that's going to be just so much better. It's gonna be really cool, but we're probably a ways away from that. All right, let's talk about one of the hardest things to do in crypto, which is take your money out of crypto and into fiat. As Kyle would say, why the heck would you ever do this? <laughs> but there's <laughs> people in the world who make money in crypto and are paid in crypto. This is important, you know? Buddy, we're paid in crypto. What do you mean? What's that? We're paid in crypto. We get paid in crypto all the time. Yeah, I mean, our business is paid in crypto. Right. But then I pay you in fiat, man. I'm not paying you in crypto. <laughs> Jay pays me. I'm a um, finance manager. To be fair. Yeah. So yeah, this is interesting. So I was thinking about it when this news came out. And I was like, I've never taken crypto and put it into fiat ever. Except for, for those that were in the meeting yesterday when we were planning this out, the community, I, I have a crypto.com credit card. And technically to use that, you have to sell crypto into fiat to use that. So I guess a couple bucks I have. But otherwise, I've never done it. And so MetaMask is making this very easy for you. Instead of having to send it to a centralized exchange, figuring all that out, you can do it right from your MetaMask wallet. Just like you can go from PayPal or MoonPay, et cetera, into MetaMask, so fiat into your MetaMask wallet, you can now go MetaMask wallet out and you can use PayPal and you can use some other options that they have as well. So great. That's good for those that need that. It's only in certain countries, I believe. Obviously, if you're using PayPal, you've got to be able to have a PayPal account, et cetera. So that's all well and good. The problem is it's about eight to 9% fees to do that. So it's a pure scam. Literally don't use this ever. That is insane. Send it's your money. Yeah, it's got high 9%. That's a pure scam. That's worse than like remittances. So honestly, don't ever use this because it's stealing so much of your money. Just go to a centralized exchange, cost you like 1% to do it. So this is just ridiculous. And I don't think anyone should use it. So MetaMask, don't even launch. Why would you launch this? Like it's a terrible product at 9%. That's so ridiculous. This is not the future of of finance, that's for sure. 
Well, you know what? I sat on this product for the last 24 hours and I was like, you know what? This product sucks and I don't think anyone should ever use it. So shame on you, MetaMask. And uh, I hope Coinbase Wallet comes out with an option that's much better. Well, you know, it is a great product. Probably the best product that crypto has given the world so far is stable coins. And Circle has tagged September, stable September. Bit of a mouthful, to be honest. They're trying to go out bases on chain summer, I think, and make their own thing do better. Well, hopefully by stable September, they don't mean that prices just remain stable again (laughs) for another month. (laughs) They mean stable coin September. But big news out of Circle is USDC is now available natively on Optimism and Base, which are obviously two of the leading scaling solutions for Ethereum. And this is a big deal. Kai, can you explain to us how this bridge works for Base? Because it's a little bit different than how stable coins typically work. Yeah. So for USDC, I mean, they're already on a bunch of chains. They're on Solana, they're on Binance Smart Chain, they're on Ethereum, et cetera. They've been on these for a while. They've been on Arbitrum. Now they've, as we announced, I think last week or two weeks ago, they're on six more chains, which includes Optimism Base. They're now there. And the reason that this is a big deal is bridging is kind of a pain, right? Like you have to go to a specific app to then like bridge across, et cetera. It's, it's a bit difficult for most assets. The way that USDC has done this is they've actually built, so Circle has built their own bridge. It is called, what's the name of it, Ian? I don't have it. The Cross-Chain Chain Transfer, Transfer Protocol. Protocol. Yeah, CCTP. I know, another terrible abbreviation that we need to use, but that's we're talking at the protocol level, so that's just normal. Anyway, what this does is you can move your USDC from one chain to another, and it does it natively. So what it does is it actually just burns the USDC on one chain and then mints it over on the next chain, right? And so it makes it much easier, much safer. There is no honeypot of assets sitting somewhere like there is in basically every other bridge that's cross-chain. And so it makes it very safe and secure and basically seamless. And so if you think about when apps start to build on top of blockchains using stablecoins or using crypto in general, this is one that would make a lot of sense because you can just move the assets from one chain to another. And it doesn't matter where your assets are. So that's really, really cool. You can't necessarily do that for other assets. Like for example... Let's say you're moving ETH or whatever from Ethereum over to I don't know, Solana or even to Optimism. Like you can't just burn ETH on one chain and then mint it on another. That it just does that's it that doesn't work like that, right? Like you don't control the smart contract. Circle can do this because they control the minting process of USDC, because of course they control the fiat, the money that they're taking in to then go and mint it one to one. So this creates a much better, cheaper, faster, more secure UX for apps to start using USDC and they can use it on any chain basically now, which is really, really cool. So really big deal. We think, as we've said from that episode uh, earlier this week, stable coins are going to be the big feature. We need this to be everywhere. We need stable coins to be a thing that everyone uses because it's hard for the world to wrap their heads around using ETH as money, right? Even us, we're about to launch, I don't know if I can say this, but whatever, we're going to launch crypto payments for some of our products. And we're really excited for this. But we were like, well, what tokens should we enable? And it's like, well, obviously, we want to do a stable coin, right? It's very easy to go. Well, it's 240 bucks, for, $249 for a course. We can just do 249 USDC, same thing. And I'm like, well, I want to charge an ETH. But then how do you do that? Is it the ETH equivalent in US dollars? Or do you like, how do you even set that up? Is it, you know, a certain number of ETH, but then that fluctuates every day? Like, 
how, like it's really weird for people to set prices in ETH unless it's something completely digitally native like an NFT. So the world of crypto becomes much easier to the rest of the world if we're using stablecoin. And I think USDC is going to be that answer. So really cool. So anyway, big deal. USDC will continue to make its way across all chains, I think, in the future. Another exciting thing that happened this week, just actually yesterday or the day before, Justin Bieber is selling Canadian. royalty. Canadian. <laughs> yeah, Canada. Justin Bieber is selling royalties for his song Company as NFTs. So let me give you the TLDR. Fucking cool use of smart contracts to be able to sell royalties using a smart contract. Does anyone else get pumped up when Jay swears? You know, like it just, <laughs> whenever you say a sword, I'm like, oh yeah, let's go. Oh, just Mr. Nice Guy over here. So super cool. But if you don't dive into the numbers here, not the greatest investment in this case. So what there, I'll just give you the breakdown of the numbers. So this song has 170 million streams on Spotify. So not counting streams on other platforms. Obviously, there's streams on our platforms and money made there as well. They are selling 1% of the royalties split across 2,000 NFTs. That means that one NFT is worth 0.0005% of the royalties, okay? Each NFT will be sold for $28 and royalties will be paid out every six months. So approximately 0.004 USD in royalties will be paid for each stream, but then split across all the NFTs because there's 2,000 of them. So basically, in order to make money off of this, if there was 100 million streams more on this song, which to be honest, seems unlikely. This is a seven-year-old song. Yeah, it's a great song. Don't get me wrong. Love the Beebs. But the odds that a seven-year-old song gets another 100 million streams, that, I mean, maybe over the course of your lifetime. But even if it got 100 million streams and you owned one of these NFTs, you would only make $2. So not a great investment from an investment perspective. Cost 28, you made two, maybe. How does that make sense? I don't think that those numbers, are those numbers correct? I just did 170 million times 0. 0.004. So let's say that they sold this that's, for the very that's beginning. For, that's 1% though. That's for all 0. 0.004 is, oh, is that's for, not for one NFT. Uh, that's uh, all NFTs get that, but then it's split by 2000. Right. Gotcha. Okay. There you go. Makes sense. Yeah. So here's what's exciting about this. This is all done on chain. Maybe not all of it, but here's what can happen in the future. If an artist makes a song and the streaming platform pays them out in stable coins on chain, which streaming platforms will probably do this eventually because everybody's going to go in the direction as we're seeing Visa's leading the way. Everyone's going to go the direction of using stable coins and digital currencies because it's faster, cheaper, and smoother. And we're, we keep bringing this up over and over again. And if that payment is done on chain, then what you could have is automatically the royalties would be paid directly to the artist for their percentage and then directly to the fan if a fan also had a percentage of the royalties. So 
you are sitting there and because you own a percentage of a royalty, you just start to get money flowing in. And where this is really cool is for like upcoming artists. Upcoming artists have this problem where it's very difficult for them to make money in the beginning, right? Because there's just not enough money in streaming, right? If you have, you need to have, you need to have hundreds of millions of streams in order to actually make money. We talked about it before. I don't remember the numbers, but it's something like only 50,000. There's 8 million artists on Spotify and only 50,000 of them make more than I think it's like $40,000 a year or something like that. Like most of them are not making enough money. But if you're an artist and you had 100 fans, only 100, and each one of those 100 fans was willing to give you 30 bucks or 100 bucks and you gave them a small percentage of royalties, which aren't worth much now, but maybe in the future are, well, great. Now as an artist, you have a way to make revenue instantly and your fans have a way to support you long-term and be part And your fans will probably help push that song because they know they're going to make some money. So it's a great model of like, you get some money up front for your work. Your fans will, they'll support you. So they'll do, it's only 30 bucks to them. And then, hey, maybe they make 300 in the next couple of years. Cool. That's great. It's actually, a, it's a genius idea. Now, I think like you said, the Bieber one is more of what for headlines or a test. I don't know. Like, I don't think anyone's going to make much money on that. Unfortunately, they've already, it's a seven-year-old song weird that they chose that one but cool model and we need look we need to experiment so whether this is a win or not for the people who buy like who cares Mm -hmm. it's an experimentation and it's great that one of the biggest stars in the world if is he even still one of the biggest stars in the world i have no idea Um, oh yeah but uh yeah okay Um, i mean i think he's biggest t swift but he's or maybe the weekend man how many canadians are we talking about t swift isn't canadian but the weekend's canadian eves is canadian Drake is Canadian, like some yeah. of the biggest artists in the world, all Canadian. Shania Twain is Canadian. Oh, wait, we weren't talking about <laughs> As I know, love it. As a country fan. Man, I feel like a woman. <laughs> okay, let's jump into some quick hits to wrap here. What's coming up here first? Kai, the world's largest crypto casino, Stake.com, was hacked for over $40 million. What happened? Yeah, it looked like a big deal. I had never heard of stake.com anyway. It's not really like a Web3 crypto app. It's just a like your typical digital casino. Like I don't even know why they call it a crypto casino. It's just a normal like online casino. They just happen to accept crypto and then you can use crypto instead of fiat inside of the casino, but it's not like an on-chain thing by any means. These guys made like $2.8 billion or something in total or last year. I can't remember what the number was, but a lot of money. And so $40 million they're basically like, yeah, everything's fine. We'll we'll replace it kind of thing. We don't know what happened though. If someone hacked their wallet or got their seed phrase or if they got fished, like I, I don't know. That would really suck. But they had assets on Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain and, and Polygon. And yeah, 41 million has been taken. So sucks. But thankfully it's with a company that, you know, <laughs> makes a shit ton of money. And so they're all good. Users will be fine. But the story here, why it's a big deal is they pay Drake, I think, $100 million like a year or something to promote stake. So it's a company that's quite well known, especially because of Drake. Sucks that this happened. Hopefully this doesn't like make it out into the mainstream. We don't really want people knowing about more hacks that happen in this space. But again, not a crypto company. They just happen to hold crypto and they obviously don't listen to Web3 Academy. So they didn't have their wallets structured properly and got hacked somehow. What the heck? Let, when yeah. will the hacks end? When will they Probably, end? Yeah, I hope soon. All right, next up, London Stock Exchange blockchain program could bring $4.6 trillion, uh, trillion dollars in assets on chain. 
Yeah, this is a huge deal and did not get a lot of attention. I, I don't know, maybe because crypto people don't care about the London Stock Exchange. Look, the London Stock Exchange is one of the oldest stock exchanges in the world. And they announced a blockchain-based platform to bring traditional financial assets on chain. As Kyle said, the value of assets traded on the London Stock Exchange is $4.6 trillion US. That is four times the entire crypto market cap right now. Okay, The head of capital markets at the London Stock Exchange, he said, I couldn't have put this quote better myself. The idea is to use digital technology to make a process that is slicker, smoother, cheaper, and more transparent, and to have it regulated. There you go. That's why you use blockchain, people. I mean, I, I don't know. If you've ever used blockchain, I wouldn't call blockchain slick by any means, but uh, yeah, uh, the rest of it is true. It'll right, be slick one be day. a British word that we're missing in translation or something like that. But <laughs> well, no, the fact that it's smooth, which like- Smoother, cheaper, and more transparent- I just don't know that I'd call it smooth just yet. If you've ever done anything on blockchain, it's never a smooth experience. Never. But anyway. We're getting there. We're getting there. Fun fact, if you if you read the pro report today, I actually put a chart in of equities which are moving on chain. We've gone from zero, basically zero dollars of equities to th- over $300 million worth of equities on chain just in the last eight months. This thing is exploding. So pretty cool. Treasuries as well. Real world assets. A lot of things are moving on chain. Yeah, yeah. Okay. London Stock Exchange. Next up, ads promoting NFT games are going to be allowed on Google starting September 15th. Yeah, this is a big deal. So ads, as much as people hate ads, especially in this space, ads are a great thing to allow for growth of products. And especially if it's ads for good products, then this is an amazing way to get your products in front of people. We use ads all the time for many clients. A lot of crypto, fun fact, has grown as a result of ads mainly as a result of our agency that works with some of the biggest crypto creators in the world, getting in front of hundreds of thousands, millions of people across Twitter, Google, and Facebook, and making them know that, hey, these newsletters, these podcasts exist, go check them out so you can learn about this new financial system. So ads are a great thing. But anyway, they have not, they've been very difficult with the crypto industry. We have found many ways to get around them, but it's, it's been quite difficult, especially on Google and specifically for games that have NFTs. But Google and, and YouTube are beginning to understand the importance of this stuff. And so they're now allowing it. There has been the reason they were banned is like there was a lot of scam ads that were ran of like videos of Vitalik saying like, here was a QR code you could scan and donate money to, which is crazy that people do that. And so they, they actually needed to shut it down. And now they're it's a more centralized way where they've got to approve games and stuff, which honestly, so needed. I'm so happy for that. But at least good games. Think of Parallel, who we actually have coming on the podcast next week, I believe, or two weeks from now. Like, we want them to be able to promote their products to the world because that's how the world finds out about this stuff. And so, really cool that Google's going to open this up. We need this kind of stuff. So, great news. And hey, if you're a Web3 game, feel free to reach out to us. We have an amazing agency that understands all the rules and regulations and things around crypto and ads, and we can blow your shit up. So, come reach out. It's true. I should do nothing. Do it. Yeah. Out. Great show. All right. Colorado DMV is accepting crypto. Yeah. I don't know if this is the most exciting news. I don't think many people are talking about it, but I get fired up when G old, old institutions adopt blockchain because it feels like the Department of Motor Vehicles is the least likely organization to start adopting blockchain but here they are doing it. So the Colorado DMV 
will now accept crypto payments for their online services. Look, this isn't a blockchain integration into the way they manage like your pink slips, the way they manage like your cars and your ownership. That is the bigger unlock, which we actually talked about probably a year ago. I don't exactly remember when, but California is doing that. They're bringing car ownership on chain. And that is like huge, huge unlock. That kind of gets into this whole identity layer being brought on chain and all of our like ownership of physical assets being brought on chain. But still really cool to see a DMV taking a step into crypto, accepting crypto payments. I hope they accept stable coins because if they're accepting ETH and Bitcoin as crypto payments, as Kai said, those are not easy. They don't make sense to do for crypto payments of things that cost $20 or $100, which is probably what services cost at the DMV, but exciting nonetheless. Mercedes NXT had a little bit of a slip up this week, Kai. What happened? They did. So they were supposed to launch their Mint at 12 o'clock noon on Tuesday, and they launched. A few people were able to mint the NFT, but basically the site crashed almost immediately, and the entire website went down, and no one was able to mint anything. And so still today, it's not live. They've actually just put it on pause. They're trying to figure out what happened. It's not blockchain related. It was more server related. So a bunch of people, whether it was bots or what, I'm not quite sure, but a lot of people went to the site. Their site ended up crashing as a result. And so now they're trying to do a little bit of analysis. They said they'll update by next week on you know what happened. They're going to fix it and then they'll relaunch. Now the NFTs themselves are a reveal. So they're not letting those that did. There's only a few people that did get some. They're not able to reveal until everyone else mints. So there's a delay. We don't know when, probably next week at some point. Throughout this week, there's going to be a bunch of scammers that are going to run ads and do things on Twitter that saying that they're Mercedes and they're launching the NFT and you can claim it. Don't click on those things. Only look at the Mercedes actual, like their actual Twitter account for updates, but it's coming again. Maybe this means that there was a lot of like demand, I'm going to assume, which is great unless it was all bots. I don't know, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens. They've got to fix something. We just don't know what that is yet. All right, Kai, that is a wrap on another great show. And I'm out. That's it. You're not going to see me for another two weeks, friends. Three weeks, I guess. I'll be on the third. Three weeks from now, I'll be on the uh, the roll up. That's right. You you'll be you'll be on uh, on one of the uh, the doers that comes out with parallel because we pre recorded that. But we'll miss you. We've got some great guest hosts coming in that'll be joining me. So get excited to get some other great people in the space sharing their views. These are real builders that are working in some of the top companies in the space. Kai, have a great vacay. We'll miss you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.